Hey. <laughs> you did the super eager hello this time. Yeah, and you were just like, hey. Hello. Hello. <laughs> As they say in my favorite animated Hello. movie, Megamind. Oh, I thought you were going to Frozen. No, no, you know there's a part in Megamind where the girl that he's crushing on oh my God. phones him. Hello. And, and he's like, hello. But he's like, is that what people say? <laughs> I thought you were frozen. Oh no, that's you who. Sorry. I've been frozen. You who. Pick some blowout. Pick some blowout. <laughs> I thought that's what you were referring to. <laughs> so, so. Wasn't it? So, hey. Well, I thought you were going to ask people how they are. Oh, yeah. I've stopped pretending that they can. <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I've stopped pretending that I care how they are. They're all just suffering through the <laughs> unending continuum of life. We're just surviving every day. This is Survivor. <laughs> we just the podcast, the podcast edition. <laughs> Survivor podcast. <laughs> oh, Quarantine edition, I guess. Actually, I think before we carry on with anything, you need to tell everyone about your warm-up exercise that I just had My... the pleasure of witnessing. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. No, nope. you need to you need tell the people <laughs> how you warm up because this was something that particularly <laughs> amused me. Well, I just repeat a few times. Alucates. I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it. And what does avocados mean? It means mean? avocados. Does it, though? And also balls. <laughs> I think. I don't know. Spanish-speaking people, please tell me <laughs> if I'm fucking up. So it's going to become a new tradition. When when we test the um, audio quality before we start recording, I inevitably say, testes, testes, <laughs> one, two. Avocados, avocados. <laughs> Maybe we should just change that so it was like stay legendary, stay ballsy. Stay ballsy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how are you? Oh, I won't lie. It's been pretty tough. Yeah. I had a bit of a rough weekend. Uh, I'm sorry. I went out to a petrol station to get uh, bread on Saturday and it was the strangest experience. Mm. I haven't been out really since the lockdown. And the streets were just empty. Right. And this is close to Bramfontein in Johannesburg. Anybody who knows this area knows that it's not quiet. Yeah. On any given day, at any given time, there's usually quite a volume of traffic. And it was just a ghost town. That's what, that's what, so whenever I go shopping with our other sister, it's always, it's just dead. There's like a few people on the street or walking, yeah. but if they are, they have face masks on. But I mean, it's good, but I mean, it's it's so apocalyptic. It's so creepy. Yeah, I almost feel like there should be just tumbleweed. Just <laughs> what is with you the tumbleweed? This is like the third time you've mentioned tumbleweed. I'm just really waiting for the tumbleweed moment, you know, uh-huh. where you just hear like in the distance bugles. And then like a dog just barking somewhere. And somewhere, someone is cocking a pistol. <laughs> Which reminds me, I need to send you that video. <laughs> so there's a video um, that my friend sent to me uh, that has that same theme song. Only someone's actually reenacted. This person is dressed in with a face mask and everything in cowboy attire. Yeah. And instead of a gun, they have a hand sanitizer spray bottle. <laughs> in front of them is an animation of the COVID-19 virus. Oh my gosh. Like, and then they take it out and they spray this thing to death. <laughs> And it's so serious. I actually sent it to you today. Honestly, the most topical Western there will ever mm. be. And when mm. I say topical, I mean that literally because you must spray it on the skin. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
fan number one of this episode. Well, anyway, what I was trying to say with the whole petrol station oh, yeah. adventure situation is that, firstly, nobody at the gas station that we go in the, the to the little um 24-hour shop thingy. Mm. And the shelves are just empty. There's, like, bread, <laughs> there's milk, and for some reason, lamingtons. <laughs> lamingtons are an essential good. Yeah, I'm like, I'm sorry. You guys don't have, I don't know, meat or basic fruit, but you got this whole pack of small coconut cake <laughs> cakes just sitting there on the shelf. I'm like, I'm not really sure how they've delineated essentials and non-essentials. It was quite a, a but did you, surreal experience. Did you kind of feel like someone in an apocalypse movie? You had to just, just quickly grab supplies and get out of there? Yeah, I kind of felt like I needed a broken down trolley. <laughs> and as it is, we were dressed in our kind of um, jerry-rigged mm. face masks. So I already felt like I was there to rob the place. Yeah. Because you know, most, you know, most of our faces are obscured. Our clothes are completely mismatching. I wasn't wearing a bra, so I put on a jacket. <laughs> you know, it was the lowest of the low. So, yeah, I felt like I need my beat-up trolley. I need to have a hole in my shoe. Yeah. And then, you know, the zombies just need to turn up, and that would have completed the whole scene. From the bathroom. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Like there's one trapped there's in the bathroom. One... <laughs> Sorry, you said from the bathroom, and my first thought was, somebody died on the toilet. <laughs> I meant they got trapped in the bathroom somehow. <laughs> they died on the toilet and turned into a zombie. And it's just the zombie who's got like his pants down. <laughs> oh my god. And can't figure out how to get off. Oh my god. Because <laughs> you know, zombies don't know how to unlatch. So there's no way that they'd be able to like unlatch just, like, the bathroom hitting door. the door with their head. <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, it's just a zombie with their pants around their ankles knocking the door. That's really disturbing. I think that's hilarious. No, no, because let's do that in a parody movie, a zombie it's parody just like, movie. So when they start to decay, and then certain bits decay, the aguacates. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, imagine that sort of waddling towards you. <laughs> I'm going, ah, I'm gonna eat you. <laughs> I don't like it too. I don't like. There's a reason you don't see any pantsers and shadow zombies. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say there's a reason there's no niche market for zombie pornography. Yes. Oh, you know. It probably is. It probably is. Okay, this has gotten into dark places that I didn't need to go yeah. to. Sorry. So yeah, that's that's the end of my rather boring tale. I mean, it was a lot more sort of poignant than mm -hmm. I make it out. Yeah. No, no, I actually had the same experience in, when we first went to the mall because there were these huge yellow barricades stretching across certain areas of the mall to cut people off going there and like people avoiding walking close to each other um and this, this, like at one point it was just us in this one stretch um but then after a few more visits it kind of felt normal yeah. to me and i don't know whether that's a good thing or not it's a bit like <laughs> when you go to the mall really late at night yes it was like we just came out of a late night movie only there was posters everywhere about COVID 19 and social distancing and it was kind of it was weird like to make it truly apocalyptic you need smashed windows and that sort of stuff mm -hmm. the blood smears on the floor exactly yeah but yeah empty close. tear gas canisters yeah and there's a lot of security okay which is kind of good but also creepy yeah it really feels more like a children of men than i am legend situation speaking of which oh, yeah. a good detour into Handmaid's Tale, which is what I just started watching. Segway! <laughs> but you've watched already, right? Did you watch season one? I've watched season one, and I think about half of season two. 
yeah. Handmaid's Tale. So uh, I think we should just give a spoiler alert right here because I feel like you're probably going to give spoilers. I feel that, but I also know that I'm way behind most people because when did the first season come out? I don't like, know. Like 600 years ago? 600 years ago. <laughs> yeah, around CC uh, 1452. Exactly. <laughs> Elizabeth Tudor was <laughs> on the throne. <laughs> It's so good. And she was like, what do you mean my handmaids have made a TV series? (laughs) I must watch this immediately. That's where they've been dallying. (laughs) Um, I just skipped over the whole idea of there being a TV series in the Elizabethan period. That makes complete sense. Did you hear that new Shakespeare? It's quite good. (laughs) (laughs) There's a podcast on it, you know. (laughs) It's just the, like, town crier. (laughs) <laughs> yeah he yeah yeah he episode four of handmaid's tale <laughs> out now on amazon prime <laughs> like comment and subscribe <laughs> that should become our tagline now yeah he yeah he if you like this podcast subscribe it <laughs> <laughs> oh wow okay um, okay, so spoiler alert starting now. If you don't want to hear any spoilers about the first like four episodes of yeah, Handmaid's it's only Tale, the first four. Um, then skip forward. I don't know, like a minute. Okay, yeah, go. So it's firstly, it's such a good show, um, and everything that people have said about it is true. It's really amazing. The cinematography, the music, the acting, and the themes. Yo. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I actually, so the last episode I, um, I watched was, I don't know if you remember, it has to do with Alfred and her girlfriend, who oh, she yeah, was yeah. Uh, secretly meeting, because obviously the LGBTQ, etc. Uh, society, I mean, people are banned, illegal, whatever. Um, and so she was, it was found out, she was found out, and she had to watch her girlfriend be hanged. Oh yeah, I remember that part. Mm. And I think, no, no, I, no, they didn't remove her tongue, but they did perform surgery on her. Oh, yeah. On her down there. It's like a cold open for the third episode, I think. Or is it the end of the, one no, of the episodes? No, it's the end. It's the end oh. of the fourth. No, no, end of the third episode, I think. I think. Oh, yeah, I remember that scene. It was very chilling, especially since, um, if I remember correctly, it, how is there a truck going past at this time of night? <laughs> what the hell? I mean, Tree fair trucks do deliver more at night. I don't understand. Firstly, it sounds like a whole damn steam train going down the road. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's only it's just missing the choo choo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, guys. Another <laughs> we went a little off the rails, as it were. It's a truck. Oh, it works. Oh well, we were talking about trains, so that makes sense. Anyway, I was talking about the Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. So I was saying that in that scene where you see Alfred said, no, sorry, not Alfred. Alfred is the main character. No, sorry, Off Glen. Off Glen. When you where you see Off Glen's uh, surgery, it's like a very stark white room. Yes. And I think there's like very harsh light. Yeah. Shining down on her. And I remember that was just the creepiest vibe mm. right there. Like before you even really fully registered what was hap- what had happened to her. Yeah. What they did. No, because you don't know. Because she so she. She like winces and then she gets up from the hospital bed and you don't because they've cut her off from her stomach so you only see her stomach and upwards. Oh right. And right. so you don't know what's going on. What's she looking at? What's she looking down at? And everything. And then it just pans out and you're like, oh shit, <laughs> what happened? Yeah. It's just it that whole like, to be honest, I felt kind of sick at the stomach. It was so good, but yeah. it made me feel ill. <laughs> yeah, it was harrowing. And what do you think of the um, way they presented it? Like the whole kind of first person narrative. 
Uh, really, that's a really clever way of doing things. Honestly, generation. What is? What's actually her real name? Elizabeth Moss. No, no. Uh, sorry, in the um series. Um. So her handmaid's name is Alfred, and she said uh, her real name is June. June. Thank you. Yeah, June's narration in her head is. It, it, it's, so you can see her perspective, but it also lends a little bit of humor yeah. sometimes. Yeah, which like helps. Unexpected, sardonic humor. Yeah, which like both helps break the severity of the episode and also serves to highlight it, which is really good. Yeah. But um, anyway, I don't need not be going to deep analysis of this. <laughs> yeah, this has now become a TV podcast. <laughs> well, look, technically... The Handmaid's Tale, mm. it belongs to the Elizabethan era. So that takes us into modern legend. <laughs> Does it, though? We never promised this podcast would be factual, so you have to just believe what we say. It's true. It says slightly factual in the bio. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's what I've been up to. So not exactly binging, but like mm-hmm. crawling through. No, you, you know, I know people have binged it, but I honestly don't know how, because I just, I feel so tense. Yeah, like, my neck draining. starts parting. <laughs> I'm so tense the entire episode. It's like, what's gonna happen now? Why are they fucking so long in the scene? Ah, la, 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 la. <laughs> A little pee just came out of me. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, oh, that shooting scene. Oh, just to clarify, oh. I, I was enacting how she felt, feels during <laughs> watching the episode. You're not I, I wasn't just confessing to pee my pants. Although... Mm-mm. I do have a confession. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, no. My confession is before we started recording, like literally the second before I hit the record button, I realized I needed to use the toilet. Oh, no. And I am now effectively going to be holding my pee until we're done because I refuse to take a break to go to the I toilet. I was about to say we can take a break if you no, want to. No, I refuse. Are you sure? Yeah, it's me against my bladder. Okay. So, you know, hurry the fuck up with your story. Oh, no. I'm going to go really slowly now. It better be like three seconds long. And we're like, and so. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, a butterfly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, so. Yeah, go for it. All good stuff? Yeah, it's your turn. All right. So, today I am talking about (laughs) the Amazons. (gasps) Yes, 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 yes! I know, you have been asking about this. They're like the Powerpuff Girls. Uh, No, that was a bad analogy. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There's definitely more than three of them. Right. For one. And they're not little girls. No. And I don't know how fun they are of bow ties. Okay, they're not like the Powerpuff Girls. I'll <laughs> also, just let their you eyes tell are the normal story. sizes. <laughs> <laughs> so, for the Amazons, our main uh, sources is Homer, Herodotus, and Strabo. You know Homer and Herodotus. And Strabo is the guy that designed all the violence. No. Oh. He's a geographer. I feel like I did mention him at some point, but I mean, to be honest... You know I don't listen to anything you say. Thanks. <laughs> I was going to say, to be honest, he's not that popular anyway, but okay. So the Amazons are a mythical race of warrior women who were thought to be highly skilled in horsemanship, hunting, and warfare. They apparently lived in the city of Themyscira on the Black Sea. They were ruled over by their queen Hippolyte, and it was thought that the Amazons were all daughters of Ares, the god of war. Oh. I don't know how all of them are his children. I think it's more that he was patron. No, that makes sense. They could all be his daughters and they're all sisters. True, but I mean, like, okay, so the original woman would have been, but then they had children. So obviously those children weren't the daughters oh, of Ares. Oh, so are you saying considered. some of the women on the island are children of previous women? I mean, the thing is that, that, yeah, they continued. But then who did they have kids with? Okay. Oh, am I skipping? I feel like, I'm, yeah, no, that was my fault also. I was like, mm-hmm, how, how, how? Okay, so, um, so yeah, their father was Ares, the god of war, and they were an exclusively female society. Now, once a year, 
they allowed men into their city. Okay. Exclusively for the purpose of procreation. Okay, okay. <laughs> See, this makes a lot of sense. What other purpose is there to men? Right? Wait, it's sounding a lot like opposite Henry's tale. <laughs> <laughs> Coming out soon. Handyman's tale. <laughs> <laughs> their, only, their only purpose <laughs> is to install shelves. Okay. <laughs> I can't. Handyman's <laughs> tale. <laughs> It's like, well, hello. Off, Monica. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, dude, stop. I need to read this. <laughs> okay, so. All uh, male children that they had were apparently either killed. Oh, no. Or sent to their fathers. Okay, that's a better option. Yeah, Thank no, you. I think two different authors were talk- said two different things. One psychopath, one the psychopath. Yes, I suspect Herodotus, who didn't like women at all, probably said that they killed the children. Okay. Because he's nasty. Bastard. He wanted to discredit yeah. the paradise lesbian island. Yeah. Wait, um, Vine. Actually, I don't think Herodotus did. I don't think we know who the Herodotus likes women or not. I'm confusing him with Hesiod. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Point is that either they killed male children or they sent them back with their fathers after a certain amount of time. Now, according to legend, the Amazons also burnt off their right breast so as to make it easier to use bows and throw spears. Whoa, 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 whoa. Burnt off? Yeah. So when they're, when they're infants. What? Because, I mean, obviously it's going to be that hard to burn off your breast when you're a baby. I mean, you know, older. It's hard to burn off your breast at any age. <laughs> Why does it have to be burnt off? Is that short? Oh, to cauterize the wound. Mm-mm. Oh. So it was kind of my own question. like a ritual, I think, when the babies were born after some amount of time. They would then do this. I apparently. mean, I understand the utility of that when it comes to archery. What if you have twin babies? You gotta just... I don't know, actually. Do do mothers feed twins at the same time on each I'm breast? I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. Okay. Because, I mean, think about it. The baby isn't that tiny. How would you... I mean, unless your boobs are really large. Yeah, I'm how not would sure. You, how would you be, like, <laughs> juggling two jacks? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to imagine it now, and I can't quite... Yeah, no, no, no. I'm pretty sure... I mean, okay. I base my knowledge on movies, because I've never seen a mother actually breastfeed twins. But if they do it separately. Okay. Well, anyway, the whole point is, these women were not focused primarily on their role as mothers, they were focused on their role as warriors. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, even if they weren't able to breastfeed, then they'd just get some other woman to do it who happened to be lactating at the time. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It wasn't a priority for them. So that was my one thing. My second thing, Mm -hmm. sorry to interrupt you. No, no. I feel like I'm talking way too much in your story. No, no, I like this analysis. (laughs) The other thing was, you know, you said that they were going to send the male children back to their fathers. Mm -hmm. I was like, do they just choose the fathers at random? Like, do they know actually which child belongs to which father? Okay, I'm so glad you brought this up because actually I wasn't sure whether I should include it or not, but I'm going to include it. Okay. So one person, one um, author, an author has said that what happens is that the Amazon set the made men into their city at some point. And how it goes down is that it happens at the dead of night. It's pitch black. Oh, it happens at it the dead happens. of night. Okay. So it happens that literally people the pair off. Holy. It ha- people pair off, and mm-hmm. nobody knows who they're pairing off with. Oh my god! And they don't, and they don't ever find out because you know after the roly poly happens, they leave immediately while it's still nighttime. So what happens if they have any male children? They send all the children together to the city that the men came from, and whichever male child is dropped off by Amazon, <laughs> by Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> They Amazon Prime they Amazon their Prime. kids over to the mainland. Exactly. They just overnight it, shipping. They take as their own child. They claim as their own child, even if it genetically it's not. 
oh, interesting. Yeah. So they just think, oh, well, this must be my child. So it just goes into a male-child raffle. Yeah, basically. It's like, you've won Adrian. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, and what's interesting is that apparently the men were completely fine with this. It was like, this is my child. It doesn't really matter to them that this possibility that's not actually biologically their, their son. Right, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> so I'm going to put that up because I actually wanted to tell that story. I mean, that's fascinating. I actually quite enjoy that idea, that whole sort of... Pairing off in the dark? Well, I mean, you, we have dinner in the dark, so why not Netflix and chill in the dark? I've been kind of real. Okay, we'll get to how the Amazons handle STDs at a different time. Hey, they die. <laughs> Carry on with the story. Okay, so that was just a little bit of background. In terms of specific myths, I've got a few juicy ones. Juicier than the um, pairing off of breast. But only one juicy breast. And <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh well, this episode is derailing. Okay, so one of the myths has to do with Heracles. That bastard. Well, no, actually, he's better than Theseus. That's a true bastard. No, oh, but Heracles, you know, he's just everywhere. He's like the gonorrhea we were just talking about. <laughs> Look, you can't help it. He literally had 12 labors to do and they happened all over the place. <laughs> they happened I don't know all why over that sounded place. really gross to me. Look at that. What the fuck, man? A second truck. A second truck with the same train noise. Yeah, I'm beginning to think all trucks are trains. No, I'm beginning to think it's the same fucking truck that's just going in a second <laughs> around our road. Oh my god, you know what that is? What? Ghost truck. Ghost truck. <gasps> you know, like that ghost truck in that episode of Supernatural? Yes. 13? That was me. It was oh, one was of it? the early ones. It was on, like, what was it? Route 66. Route 60. No, I don't think it was something. actually Route 66. Huh? No, I think it is. Was it? Was Isn't it Route 66 right? haunted? Yeah, supposedly. It's a yeah, ghost yeah, yeah, yeah. truck. It's a ghost truck. <gasps> and it's just, this, this is the circuit that it just goes up and down. This no. is a really boring fucking circuit. Someone obviously died. On the circuit somehow, even though they've there got speed bumps. De- okay, remind me to tell you a story about the dead guy I found on our road one day. I gotta tell that story. But uh, right now, we're completely... You think a truck hit him? <gasps> okay, this is completely off the rails. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Um. So Heracles and Hippolyta. So I remember Hippolyta is the queen of the Amazons. Yeah. Okay. So Heracles is... Sorry. <laughs> this is so professional right now. Heracles' ninth labor was to obtain the magical girdle of Hippolyta. Which... <laughs> What? The magical girdle. What? It's a a belt. Of all the items of clothing. Oh, girdle. Okay, I'm so sorry. You said girdle, and my brain was like, garter. Interesting. (laughs) And I was like, okay, this is a whole wedding tradition thing. (laughs) Obtain the garter. No, 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 girdle. Girdle. Okay. It's like this belt thing, I think. Mm hmm. I think it has something to do with chastity, actually. But mm-hmm. anyway, that's a whole nother analysis. So this magical girdle was given to her by her father, Ares. Now, in some versions of the myth, Hippolyta meets with Heracles and is so impressed by his fighting skills that she willingly gives him the girdle out of like, respect for a fellow warrior. Okay. Um, although, honestly, I think it's more that she was like, damn, son, you wear this a lot better than I do. <laughs> like, the color suits you, it matches your hair. Yeah, that, I mean, maybe it fit him better because Heracles got those hips. And all maybe it was just sisters helping sisters. Yeah, um, but in other versions, Hera, which is the mother of all the, all the gods, goddess of, of marriage, etc. Now, she hates Heracles' guts because he exists. 
Right. Because he's, he's, he's his illegitimate half. Did the shebang with some other lady, and there was Heracles. So apparently, in other versions, Hera stirred up anger amongst the Amazons, who then uh, fought Heracles because they thought that he was trying to kill Hippolyta slash to steal the girdle. And unfortunately, Heracles and his army managed to defeat and kill the Amazons, and he took the girdle. Wait, all of them? Well, probably not all of them, but I mean, it's kind of implied that he kills Hippolyta because um. to take to, to take the girdle, he has to basically incapacitate her and then take it off. That sucks. Wait, is it a magic girdle? Is there a reason she's super attached to it? Oh, it is, said it, it is a, said magic it was girdle, a magic girdle. But I mean, I think it's imbued with divinity or whatever because it's from a father. Oh, I see. They don't really say what it does. Hmm. I think there are some other versions, although I did struggle to find that. I, I don't know, it's in my head that there was also another version where he seduces her. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, after the roly-poly, she gives him the girdle as like a sign that he's won her chastity or whatever. I don't like that. But I don't know whether they're making this up or whether they did actually read someone. Anyway. Well, of course it's in your head, Harry. But why on earth should that mean that it's not real? Oh my god, Elvis. <laughs> um, okay, so that was one short look. Then another one has to do with our favorite annoying asshole, Theseus. And either the Amazon Hippolyta or the Amazon Antiope. Mm-hmm. So I'll get into that. So some versions of the previous myth, the Heracles and Hippolyta uh, myth, has Theseus joining Heracles during the battle against the Amazons. Okay. During the battle, Theseus falls in love with one of the Amazons, Antiope. Mm-hmm. Uh, he then abducts her in typical Theseus style. Remember his abduction of Kevin in the last Oh, yeah, story? Yeah, he's big on ab- abducting women. Yeah, only this time he's decided to abduct someone who can actually fight him instead of a seven-year-old. Yeah, pick on someone your own size, Theseus. Um, so that causes the rest of the Amazons to launch an attack against his city, Athens, to get Antiope back. Unfortunately, somehow, Theseus managed to, manages to defeat the Amazons, and Antiope is also killed during the battle. Oh. Either fighting on Theseus' side or fighting with the Amazons. We don't know. I like to think she was fighting with the Amazons. Me too. Her blood sisters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but another version has Theseus fall in love with Apollyta, the queen of the Amazons, who then is either captured by Heracles and given to Theseus, or abducted by Theseus, or willingly leaves the Amazons for Theseus. Right. So apparently these myths vary so much. Um, seem to show very different personalities of one woman that people think that it's actually talking about different Amazonian women. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Because, I mean, unless they all had multiple personality disorder. Yeah. I can't <laughs> see like, all of what, this what happening happened? at once. Um, so in the version which has her leave willingly with Theseus, Karma actually bites her in the butt because Theseus soon leaves Hippolyta to marry another woman called Phydra. That's just typical of Theseus. Right? Why is he such a douche? Typical Theseus. So, Hippolyta then asks the Amazons to help her attack the wedding ceremony. A red in wedding. True, oh, I was going to say in true rom-com. Wait, it's not rom-com at all. Attacking the wedding. <laughs> I'm thinking like, I object. You know? No, no, this is much more red wedding and much less my best friend's wedding. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. Um, so, the Amazons apparently didn't really hold it against her that she just abandoned them and tried to help her. Unfortunately, Hippolyta is killed during the attack because karma. <sighs> and also because women always have to win. Yeah, I noticed that. I am seeing that theme mm-hmm. that it's like the, one of the guys falls in love with one of the Amazons and inevitably that Amazon dies. Yeah, and actually it's a, it's a theme that runs through a few of these myths now. You did say that it's all men that wrote these tales, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. 
There you go then. There you go. So it's always it's it's interesting because it's always like the Amazons are some very powerful woman and they're skilled in warfare and everything, but ultimately they either are seduced right. or killed by men. So it's kind of like either way you slice it, ancient Greek literature is a sexist piece of crap. So that was the myth of Pisces and Antiope slash Hippolyta. Then we have another myth, a short myth dealing with Bellerophon. Did I say that right? Yes. Now Bellerophon is another hero who had somehow offended another king. And was also given multiple labors to do by Heracles. He was actually innocent, though, but that's another myth that I shouldn't really get into. He was instructed to fight the Amazons um, as one of his labors. And what do you expect happened? He fell in love with one of them. No, no. No. <laughs> actually, no. But the other thing. He killed one of them. Yeah, he killed all of them, apparently. Oh, no. So apparently a whole bunch of Amazons attacked him, and he miraculously survived and killed all of them. See, that's another thing that doesn't add up. All these women have spent their entire lives devoted to, what did you say, horsemanship, archery, and, and warfare. warfare. And then suddenly one dude shows up and wipes them all out. Not yeah. to mention these are daughters of Ares. The actual war god. Which kind of makes me wonder, doesn't it make Ares look bad? Doesn't he want to do something? Yeah, it does. It makes him look like a total wuss. Yeah. Like, what's wrong with his children? Yeah. He has tiny avocados. <laughs> the smallest Ares avocados. They're the ball bearings. <laughs> okay. Um, then another weird myth has to do with Achilles and uh, the Amazon Penthesilea. Now, this is actually part of the epic cycle. With Sorry, did, did you say Achilles and Princess Leia? <laughs> Penthesilea. Oh, right. Okay. I thought you... And Princess Leia is an Amazon? I thought you said Princess Leia, but had a stroke in the middle of it. <laughs> okay. That's most great names, so, uh, yeah. so the Homer wrote about the Trojan War. I mean, song about the Trojan War. And then after that, there's apparently an epic cycle that happened, which is a bunch of works that talk about what happened after the events in Homer's Iliad. Mm-hmm. So in that, in one of those stories, it was nearing the end of the Trojan War, and the Amazon Penthesilea, or Princess Leia, <laughs> arrives to aid the Trojans. So now she kills many heroes. She even kills, I think, a demigod. She kills another, I think, another, no, she didn't kill another warrior woman. That was wrong. But she kills a bunch of famous heroes. But she falls in love with one of them. Okay, no, she just, she's killed. <laughs> <laughs> Not for the falling in love with things. No, so Achilles manages to kill her. Yeah. But in she some versions of She comes back as a zombie. No. <laughs> what? I'm there really no bad at predicting things today. Stories. I just feel. Oh wait, that's wrong. Oh, I should tell you zombie stories. I just feel like every time you're like, and then, and I'm like, I just barrel through with the 100 percent confidence, <laughs> with the completely wrong and answer. And then a basket of golden apples falls into her lap, and Achilles feeds one, and she reanimates. That, that would be so completely much plausible. And I wish that actually happened. What but actually no. happened? So Achilles kills her. Mm-hmm. As she's dying, he kneels down and takes off her helmet. What? As she's dying? She's not even properly dead yet. It's a thing that I think a lot of the soldiers did when they fought someone who was particularly spectacular in, uh, like, skilled in oh, battle. Oh, so it's, it's actually kind of like, a way of honoring did I, your like, opponent. What was this, who was this main hero that I fought and oh, killed? Oh, okay. And then also there was then struck the armor and take it for themselves. That's cool. So as he's taking off her helmet, he sees her face. And as she, like, breathes her last breath, he apparently falls deeply in love with her. What? <laughs> true. Seconds before she's almost True romantic dead. drama style. Yeah. So, like, she's almost dead. And he realizes, shit, I'm in love with this woman. This was also written by a man, right? Yeah. Well, okay. probably. Because not sure. I was like, hmm. So he falls in love with her, presumably not having heard a single word that Mm-mm. she's ever spoken no, no, in just, her life. It's just that, like... 
Let me guess, he was struck by her beauty. Yeah, because you know her face would have been covered in mud and blood, and it's just so dang attractive, sexy. And also, like probably she was bleeding from the wound that he gave her that killed her. Yeah, Achilles was so... fucked up. Yeah, it was weird. Um, yeah, so apparently he falls deep in love with her and then spends ages mourning her death. <laughs> Which I just like really stupid. Yeah, but I thought it was some great, sweet, sweet romantic Oh, story. yeah, yeah, so tragic. Yeah. Stupid. Okay, then the last myth I wanted to talk about was the Amazons and the uh, Scythians. Oh, this is a good one. So, Herodotus, our man, uh, speaks of a war between the Greeks and the Amazons, in which the Amazons are all killed. Defeated, not killed, actually. Ugh. <laughs> so they're all defeated and taken as slaves. Oh, no. Three ships are launched with Amazon slaves, but... Amazons managed to free themselves and kill the crews of all three ships. Okay, good. Unfortunately, uh. none of the Amazons know how to sail. Oh, shit. <laughs> They've been living on that damn island their whole time. Yeah, they probably should have kept at least one sailor alive, but anyway, they murdered all of them. Hey, I thought they went to the mainland all the time. How did they get there, if not by boat? Why would they go to the mainland? Oh, to wait. drop off the mail kit. Uh, I think they probably got someone from the mainland to come pick up the kids. Okay. Because, I mean, that's way too much effort. I'm just saying, man. You know, this is a PSA, and it goes out to everyone. If you live on an island, learn how to operate a damn boat. <laughs> even a dinghy. Yeah, just even the tiniest little sailboat. Just <laughs> grab your paddle and start practicing, because there's a chance you might have to actually get off the goddamn island one right. day. Right. Oh, I mean, to be honest, I'm like, these ladies seem to be slightly dumb <laughs> because, I mean, just keep one of the captains alive. Something. Yeah, that's true. You don't need true. to slaughter everybody, surely. Anyway, they did. And so they eventually um, shipwrecked on the shores of the Scythians. There they come across a bunch of horses feeding, and they tame the horses and mount them. They then invade several Scythian areas in order to obtain loot so that they can, you know, start sailing down cause, because they can't sail back to their home. I think they figured they might as well just live here. <laughs> This is our home this now. This is our home now. <laughs> now, the unfortunate thing is that the Scythians don't understand anything that the Amazons are saying. Right. And the Amazons don't understand what they're saying. So the Scythians initially thought that they were a bunch of shaved men with interesting dress styles and man boobs. <laughs> so they're like, well, this is a good man. So stylish. Look at that hair. So that shapely. Bond, those legs. Why am I so attracted to men? Oh it made a lot of people God. question are the we, sexuality. Are we all okay? gay? They all had a uh, shang from Mulan moment. Right? And then I bet some of them were like, uh, <clears throat> we, uh, we always were. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so then uh, what happened is that they, from the time that they were looting, when the Amazons were looting the Serbian places, some of the Amazons died. So what the did is that they investigated these dead bodies and they realized these yeah. are women. Didn't, probably didn't take too much. Um, I was going to say probing and then I just realized no, it's not no, a good that idea. that was definitely the wrong word. I'm so sorry. So then they quickly changed tactic. They decided instead, the Scythians decided to send young, handsome men to camp near the Amazons, but instructed them to remain completely passive and not to attack the Amazons if they are approached. Okay. Whatever the Amazons tell them, they should obey. So when the Amazons realized that the men weren't aggressive, they just left them alone and made their own camp. So then as time went on, the camps kept extending nearer and nearer to each other as the Amazons wanted more land. So eventually, an Amazon and a Scythian came across each other during a hunt. And not being able to understand each other's languages, they used hand signals to communicate to each other. Seems reasonable. Eventually, the Amazons and Scythians became friends, then friends with benefits, until eventually the camps merged and they became one nation. Oh, so that's it ends nice. happily. It really yeah, 
that's actually a good story. I mean, they got together with those bald, oddly attractive men. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, what's interesting here is that this is the one tale where they become uh, like both male and female nations instead of exclusively female. Oh, so they share power. Yeah, well, I don't know if they share power, but it's it's where they're living with the men now. Hmm. So it, they, the possibility they don't continue on the story, but it would be interesting to find out, you know, are they now a matriarchal society? Hmm. Is it balanced? Whatever. It's I mean, I think considering that the Wonder Woman ladies, Amazons, uh, <laughs> considering that they defeated the Scythians in the first place. Scythians? What? The Scythians? Scythians. I think you said Scythians. <laughs> okay, this whole time I thought it was Scythians. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> okay. The Scythians are silly buggers. <laughs> I mean, okay. it could be Scythians, but I think it's Scythians. Scythians. Scythians? Anyway, those guys. Right. Seeing as they conquered them in the first place, I think it only makes sense that it should be a matriarchal society because we've clearly seen who's the physically dominant yeah. party there. Yeah. And I'm not saying that societies should be structured by a physical dominance it's yeah. just that historically that is kind of how civilizations have been built yeah but you know what i was actually i mean not that these all nuts obviously but if it was a real situation what i would actually suspect unfortunately is that initially it would be where the women have more power but then as the original woman who established dominance get older and they die and they continue it's kind of tied to a patriarchal environment probably with all the strain of childbirth right and it's all, yeah because they're no longer like this mythical this extraordinary group of women mm. solely doing their own thing so yeah probably gonna become a patriarchal trouble depressing but just like this it's a very sweet story yeah I mean I, I do I do like it better than the others where they all are wiped out viciously exactly and the funny thing is that the Scythians don't aren't able to learn the language of the Amazons, but the Amazons learn their language, <laughs> so they can just like snigger about them in their own language. Like <laughs> <laughs> just tiny avocados. <laughs> anyway, so like, wait till you see my husband. He has both breasts. <laughs> <laughs> no, how does he fire on a weapon? He's never been near a bow and arrow in his life. <laughs> his aim must be shit. <laughs> Okay, so those are a few of the legends. I just wanted to talk briefly a little bit about the facts behind the myth. Okay. So it's been highly debated over the years. Are the Amazons real or, or not? Or they've been, are they based on real women? And it turns out that excavation in Kazakhstan revealed Sarmatian, Sarmatian? I always get this wrong, but I'm not sure, uh, tombs, as well as tombs of other nomadic tribes. And these tombs date back to the time of Herodotus, so it temporarily fits the myth very well. Oh. Now, in these tombs are female skeletons found with weapons, armor, and horse trappings, as well as signs of injury from blades and arrowheads. <gasps> oh my gosh, so they were most likely warriors. I mean, why would they be injured that way if they weren't warriors? Oh, even if they were injured that way, why would there be weapons and stuff? And buried armor, with armor, them. Armor buried with them. Right, know? yeah, that's that's a way to honor warriors, isn't it? Yeah. Um... So this was, as you say, this implies that these tombs belong to warrior woman. And one particular tomb contained a female skeleton with evidence of a wound in the skull caused by a battle axe. Ah. So again, most likely on battle. As well as a bronze um, arrowhead lodged firmly in the knee bone. Ouch. Now, the fact that it was in the knee very strongly implies that she was um, shot on the battleground. Because if you're just killing, like if you invade a city and you start killing a woman, 
why would you shoot them in the knee? The knee is the only exposed part during the armor, of right? Course. Well, not during the yes, but right. if you get it between the armor. Right, between the, the thigh plate and the shin. Exactly. That person goes down. So you wouldn't do that if you were just killing women in the Helpless city. woman, right? Exactly. You were just you know, spirit or whatever. So that obviously means that she must have been a warrior. Um, surrounding the skeleton was also two iron spears, 20 arrows, a bronze knife, and body armor. Okay, so, I mean, that seems like a decent amount of swag. Exactly. Um, and then further investigation found over a thousand graves spread across from Turkey to Russia, of which 30, 37% of these graves contained warrior women, with most displaying battle injuries. So what uh, scholars think is that these women were probably, like, that's probably where the myth of the Amazons might have been, might have been based on. Mm-hmm. That... They were so strong, and they kind of became something mythical. Um, and then again, the fact that you nobody has written about them specifically, but made these myths where they were always they were they usually defeated by men. Right. Was kind of male authors' way of dealing with the fact that these women exist in the first place. Of course, that fragile masculinity right. couldn't <laughs> handle the idea that there were actual people and not mythological demigods. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, notice how they're children of Ares. A male god instead of, of Athena. Instead of instead of Athena, exactly. So it's kind of like in any case, the power comes from a man, right? Of course, yeah, naturally. So this kind of explains a little bit why the myths are always talking about their defeat because it doesn't make sense. Oh, they didn't make sense to some of them at the time how these strong warrior women existed. Right. Okay. Yeah. Just a little bit of analysis. So basically, there. Homer and Herodotus and What's his name again? Strabo. Well, Homer Strabo mansplained. Um, so not female warriors necessarily specifically them. Like actually, Herodotus was the one who talked about this set union between right. the Amazons. Um, uh, Homer actually just mentions the Amazons as a warrior woman, as warrior, as a female warrior race who fought as fought like men or fought as well as men, something like that. But like he 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 meant it in a praising way. Okay. He was impressed by them. So, but other authors, and I think it was uh, during the Roman time, some of the Roman authors especially also, like, wrote these myths. Okay, so, I don't know if this is coincidence, yeah. but this is also the time at which Athena, as a goddess, lost a lot of her um, sort of dominance, mm-hmm. and Ares became the primary uh, god of worship for, 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 for the Romans. Yeah, so there was a big shift um, in... I'm gonna call it gender equality. Uh, when uh, from the Greeks to the Romans, the Romans became very much more controlling over women. About although not so much early Rome, but more Roman Republic, mm-hmm. and well, and and then into the Augustan period, especially in the Augustan period, there were a bunch of laws that controlled who they could marry, how many children they need to have, that sort of stuff. So it was very controlling then. So I think like over time. The myth, I think the myth started as a very strong matriarchal myth where there's women have a lot of power and then it sort of gets twisted later on. Mm-hmm. It, 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 I mean, all myths reflect society in a certain way. Right, of course. So depending on when which myth came up where, it kind of tells us a little bit about society at the time. But yeah, that's yeah. fascinating. It is. It is really cool. But um, yeah, but that's all I have to say about them. That's so amazing. I, yeah. I didn't know anything beyond the fact that they were female warriors, so I had no idea there were all these other um, stories about them. Mm. Oh, also, before I finish, if we take these skeletons as, as pointing towards the Amazons, 
then it, it's actually shown that the whole myth about burning of the breast is not real. Oh, right. So, so a lot of people believe that uh, that's that, that's not at all what really happened. Uh, this might be a stupid question, but how, how do, do you they tell? Know? Yeah. <laughs> how do you tell so from the skeleton? I don't really know, to be honest. Maybe, I don't know if there would... I, I don't know if there would be any sort of... There wouldn't be any sort of bone structure damage. There must be some mark on the skeleton itself. I don't know. Maybe it's just that... And there's, of course. So these are nomadic tribes. So maybe there is information on those nomadic tribes. Right. And from that, they found out that there, was no, there wasn't any such practice. Right. So maybe it wasn't from with the like, archaeological evidence they found, but from mm. writings about these people. Maybe it was from the shape of the breastplate. I don't know. <laughs> to be honest, I didn't really look into that very well. But, um, so, but apparently that's been debunked completely. Well, archaeologists, let us know if you know if there's any way to tell from a skeleton. Yeah, let me know if I'm telling shit. <laughs> yeah, if, if there's any way to know from a skeleton whether um, a limb or something like a breast has been removed, that would be fascinating and we'd love to know. So please do uh, drop us an email. Archaeologists come through. <laughs> yes, please. Tell me if I'm talking rubbish. Okay, so I just want to say my references, uh, Britannica.com, SmithsonianMag.com, Ancient.eu, and of course, our faithful friend, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Oh man, you killed it. Right, so today I have for you something a little bit different. So I know we've been doing or I've been doing, rather, a lot of creatures mm-hmm. and sometimes objects. Yeah. Today we're doing the legend of a place. Okay. Okay, so. Okay. I'm going to start with a little song that I think you will recognize. Oh, okay. Dig, boys. Dig, 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 oh, dig, boys. What does that put in mind? Yes, Pocahontas. Wait, okay. What? <laughs> so, when you think Pocahontas, you're also thinking Gold Rush, right? Right. Because that's what uh, Ratcliffe and his troop of English people were there mm-hmm. to do. Mm. So today we're not venturing into the world of early American colonists, mm-hmm. but we are going down under to witness the product of a totally different gold rush. So we're looking Australia. at Australia. <laughs> like down under. <laughs> that was an interesting way to get into it. <laughs> yes, I'm known for my very strange segues. <laughs> I'm like, they cannot be further from Australia. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was a faint, my dear. Mm-hmm. A faint. I get you, I get you. You trick me. Yeah, lead you off in one direction and then bring you right up. Gotcha. Okay, today we're talking about Lewis Lassiter, mm-hmm. the man who may have found treasure worthy of Alibaba's cave, but who also lost it. Um, Also, like, Alibaba? No? Is it? Did Alibaba also lose his treasure? I don't know. This might Let have, us know. <laughs> this might have been the wrong analogy. <laughs> Right, so this episode is about Lassiter's Lost Reef. Now, I don't know how well-known this is. It's definitely not something I knew before I I came across it on the internet. But I gather it might be quite well-known in Australia. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in 1929, politicians found themselves besieged by letters penned by one Lewis Hubert Lassiter. Interestingly, also known as Harold Bell Lassiter. Okay. He was begging for funding for an expedition that would uncover a reef near central Australia, supposedly sparkling with gold. Uh-huh. This being the time of the Great Depression, though, said politicians were less than enthusiastic. I mean, to get the gold, you must give the gold. 
Yes, but they did not have any gold to give. <laughs> or if they did, they didn't want to spend it on this one loony guy saying that he discovered a bunch of gold yeah, that's true. in the middle of the story. If someone had told me that, I'd be like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so a little word on Lassiter himself. The man led a life of doubles. Like, this is a really interesting... Well, probably the only interesting thing about him, other than the fact that he supposedly found all this treasure. Mm-hmm. He had, as we saw before, two official legal names, mm-hmm. both Lewis Hubert and Harold Bell. Right. He also had two nicknames, okay. Das and Possum. Possum? Yep. Possum. Yep. Like Possum Possum. Yeah, like the crazy Like toothed. with the O in front of it. No. It was not O Possum. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> his, nac- his nickname his nickname. His nickname was Possum. <laughs> Nicknames. <laughs> Okay, he had two nicknames, two wives, and two home countries. Okay, wait, wait, I'm beginning to see something. Did he have two different personalities? For some reason, I thought you were going to say, did he have two wakates? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) you're like, you hope so, unless he was an Amazon. (laughs) It was the press. (laughs) I suppose it relates. Uh, sorry, what was your actual question? I think, no, I said, oh, I asked if he has two different personalities or a twin. Nope, it was just him. Cool, cool. He just liked things in twos. He was a Mormon, so oh, that kind of explains the sense. two wives. Mm. And he was also completely bent upon striking gold in Australia since he was about 17 years old. Like, from oh, the time shame. of What's 17. A dream? Yeah, he was looking for, as they say on My Favorite Murder, treasure <laughs> so even though the politicians essentially vetoed Lassiter's expedition petition expedition <laughs> he had more luck with uh, the workers union president john bailey mm-hmm. who took Lassiter on as a guide in what would become known as the central australian gold exploration of 1930 mm, but then he shortened it yes it's shortened to cage nicholas <laughs> <laughs> no not cage nicholas john no, not Cage John. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just Shock. Cage. I'm sorry. Shock Cage. Really today. Continue. Oh my god. <laughs> we sound drunk and we don't even drink. We drink the no, we drink the blood the of our enemies. Oh, wow. I was going for nectar of life. But sure, blood well, of our enemies, we can drink that as well. Our different points right now. <laughs> <laughs> different states of mind. Mm. Okay, just to bring this back. Cause yeah, sorry. We've been talking nonsense. You should just edit most of this out. <laughs> no, are you joking? This is totally standing. <laughs> okay, so John Bailey, the Workers' Union president, and Lassiter uh, get together. They go off on this expedition called the Central Australian Gold Exploration. Cage, right? So I just want to say the exploration team that they put together completely reminds me of Atlantis. The, yes. Yes. Disney's Atla- Atlantis. Oh the cast of characters. I got your five basic food groups. <laughs> Beans, bacon, whiskey, whiskey and lard. lard. That's four. Cookie. You can't oh, shit. <laughs> so the crew was made up of prospector, a pilot, a mechanic, and the aide de camp to a governor general. Oh, where's the classicist slash archaeologist? Uh, I don't think they needed one. They were just looking for gold. You know, this is the problem with people that are money hungry. Right? They don't take a good academic. They're the ones that can actually survey the land and calculate based on the topography where you're likely to find right. a precious so they used to be digging holes like a freaking mole. Anyway, the head of the team was Fred Blakely, who was mm-hmm. himself a prosperous miner. Unfortunately, it soon became apparent that seemingly everything Lassiter knew about Central Australia came out of books. What's wrong with books? Well, it's just that he... 
had never actually been to Central Australia. Oh. So they were following a guy who had no idea what was what the actual terrain the- was theory about. Theory can only get you so far. Yeah, I mean, mm. you can't, like, take someone on an expedition to, I don't know, the Amazonian forest and be like, well, I've seen a picture on Google, so I think we'll be fine. True, although that is what they did in Atlantis, just saying. Right, well, this time it didn't work out so well. The team began to have grave doubts about Lassiter. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be honest, these doubts weren't unfounded because Lassiter himself would die a year later. Oh, wait, what? From starvation. Huh? But I thought just, okay. Yeah, yeah, don't worry, I'm getting to it. Okay. Okay. So midway through the trip, Blakely decided to throw in the proverbial kangaroo print towel (laughs) and took most of his team back to Alice Springs, leaving Lassiter with a dingo trapper named Paul Johns. You know, gotta catch some dingoes. (laughs) And can I just say, Paul Johns? I mean, this guy was like half of the fucking Beatles. <laughs> oh, man. What the hell? So, Lester does, does sound to be a bit of an asshole, though, mm. because he actually abandoned Johns out of impatience for a short period because he felt they were going too slowly. Because he stopped to kill dingoes? I don't know. What, okay. I mean, I guess this guy who actually knew the terrain knew at which pace they should be going and how quickly they needed to, and like how they needed to ration supplies and stuff mm. like that. But anyway, Lester gets impatient. He goes off in search of the gold without Johns. But he does return a bit later and claims that he found the gold. But, very suspiciously, he was completely unwilling to show proof of the gold to Johns. So he's like, it's in my bag, but you can't touch my bag. Very Schliemann finding of Troy. Uh I'm sorry, probably looking at me like, "Uh uh-huh, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. We'll talk about this afterwards. Okay. So so he doesn't want to show John's the apparent gold that he found. Mm. And what do you know? John's ditches his ass as well. Okay. So now we've got Lester all on his own in the desert. He has no idea where he is apart mm. from having looked at a few maps. Cool. And is he going by way of cacti? 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 Yeah, I just assume. I'm just like, desert, there must be cacti. I have no idea what plants grow in the middle of Australia. Mm. So Lester's wandering around in the desert. He occasionally bumps into a few... Um, aboriginal communities Mm -hmm. like a a group of aboriginals Mm. they're very generous they give him water and shelter Mm -hmm. but despite all this Lassiter did eventually perish although not before claiming in a diary entry that he had discovered the reef and its treasure Mm -hmm. so I mean it's all very suspect because it does sound a little bit like he's just trying to stick it to Blakely and co it's like ha I may be dead but I'm also rich, mm. but I also don't have the gold on me. Also, also in the diary entry, does he say where he found it? Um, okay, we're, we're getting to okay. more details by okay. that. He also left this heartwarming message for Blakely mm-hmm. and the team. It's very tender. Okay. It goes like this. I leave my everlasting curse oh. on Blakely and Jenkins. Blakely for not sending the relief as promised, and Jenkins for omitting the argorol. So, yeah, I looked it up, (laughs) of course. And apparently Argyll is a kind of antiseptic. Oh. So he's like, damn it, Jenkins, we needed the sad lawn. (laughs) Oh, no. All them dingoes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Got a dingo bite here. Oh, I was going to say Lassiter was cursing Jenkins for his infected mosquito bite or some shit. (laughs) So just so you know, if I go down, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be writing in my diary and... A pox on the shearer for omitting the hand sanitizer. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
So Lassiter may have been gone, but in his place lay a legend that would inspire treasure hunters for years to come, all the way up to the present day. Yeah. In fact, a second team, including a couple of Western Australian geologists, this time they decided to take scientists. However, they set out shortly after to search for the treasure, and they couldn't find it. So they concluded no such treasure exists. Okay. Because they're spoiled sports. (laughs) If we can't find it, then it's not real. (laughs) Exactly. Searches have been going on well into the 21st century, with the most recent search documented in a show called Lassiter's Bones, which I definitely want to check out. Here's a fun fact from theaustraliantraveler.com. Facing bankruptcy, the South Australian government funded Lassiter's last expedition, not because they thought he was right, but in hopes that the subsequent gold fever would see many of the unemployed leave Adelaide. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) They were like, we know what to do with the homeless people. We'll tell them there's gold over there. (laughs) Move out, guys. (laughs) Which I just think is, it's so dastardly. Mm. It's like, they kind of knew, nah, that's not possible, but they don't know what to do with all these unemployed people. (laughs) So they're like, let's just encourage this rumor. They're like, look, beyond what you see, there is food. (laughs) Money. Go. Follow the North Star <laughs> and you will find. Go to the castle. <laughs> so many references. Yeah. Okay, a little bit more information about the search for the treasure. Mm-hmm. It so happens that a link was found between Canberra historian Chris Clark's Swedish grandfather, Olof Johansson, okay. and Lassiter, which may just substantiate the Gold Reef story. Oh. Clark claims that Johansson had sent a letter to Lassiter saying that he too knew the location of the treasure. Lassiter responded, asking for help relocating the reef, assuming he ever found it in the first place, obviously. Mm -hmm. Clark eventually discovered his grandfather's suitcase, which contained pictures of Olaf's time in central Australia, so we definitely know that his grandfather was there. Then Neville Wolfe, a man who had worked with Olaf, apparently claimed that Olaf had stumbled upon a sunken shallow shaft, which I I dare you to say five times. We're we're instituting a new quarantine dare. Uh, No, no, no. Uh, I ain't saying shaft five times. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you very much. You're gonna stick with avocado. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> like what? I don't know. I, I don't even know where I am. Oh yeah. Sorry. So he claimed that Olaf had stumbled upon a sunken shallow shaft while dingo hunting near a stone reef, and thus uncovered the treasure. You see the dingoes. Yeah, dingo hunting. Just follow the dingoes until the spiders. <laughs> so I'm not sure why neither of these people just took the gold when they found it because it's always this case of yeah we found gold and coming back with no gold and then this uh, repeat trip and of course they didn't uncover the treasure so either they're lying right or there was like an Aladdin cave story and it was oh. like only one pure of heart no only, only one, one whose who's, who's value lies within something yes a diamond in the rough and then they're like, oh shit, I can't get in. But I'm going to tell everyone that I found it because I don't look like a douche. Um, I mean, maybe. My personal theory is that they found it, buried it somewhere safe like fucking squirrels. <laughs> we forgot to like, put the X on the map. Cool. We'll find this place again. I mean, how can I forget? There's that rock right there. <laughs> and then they come back and the rock has moved somehow. <laughs> or they're like, was it that rock or was it the other rock with this slight butt imprint? Like, suddenly these rocks look really similar <laughs> oh did i see it from the north and from <laughs> the west right also you know 
these are all men, so go figure. Mm, and they don't stop to ask for directions. Exactly. <sighs> Probably one of the goddamn aboriginals actually knew where the gold is. And they were like, you know, we could tell you. Mm. <laughs> but I could see Lassiter just running, like wandering around being like, no, 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 I'm going to find it. I will <laughs> discover this treasure. <laughs> and they're all like, Tell him that it's in a completely different direction. And the other guy's just like, don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that is the story of Lassiter's Lost Reef. Oh. That people are still looking so for. So people are still, like, giving out? Yeah, people have faith in this, man. Yeah. I guess they are still desperate. <laughs> <laughs> we just need to find that one bit of cash. Especially them uh, unemployed Adelaideans. Yeah, <laughs> those poor Adelaideans. <laughs> Adelaideans? I have no idea. Adelaideans? Adelaideans? Those Adelaide inhabitants. Mm -hmm. So, my sources for the story today were the State Library of New South Wales, <gasps> the Australian Traveller, and the Canberra Times. Not Wikipedia? I know, no wiki! Oh. I know, it's you like. You have betrayed our friend. I have betrayed the very substance of this podcast. The very basis of information <laughs> that we use. On the other hand, I have become just a little bit more credible in the eyes of actual researchers. Yeah, I um, I probably should actually start using my actual books on this. But then where would the fun where be? Where would the fun be? Also, I'll do that after I finish my master's. Exactly. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> that was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That. yeah, I mean, I think it's time to mount an expedition, my dear. Yeah, yeah, we'll wrangle together. Wrangle? Wrangle. <laughs> Wrangum them archaeologists. Them uh, diggers. Diggers. <laughs> them dingo finders. I don't know why I'm putting on this accent. <laughs> oh, you know why? It's what's his face. What's his name from the beans bigger than uh -oh, lard guy? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, cookie. 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 Yeah, he's got the glasses. He's like, and goddamn, and we gotta get the navigator, mechanic, you know? <laughs> Just, uh, I'm so sorry. Just as we're wrapping up, I'm really sorry. We want to apologize. Yeah, we want to apologize for being disrespectful. Mm. Americans, uh, dingo Australians, hunters, dingo hunters, dingoes, dingoes, and cacti. Every rocks. decent person alive, we are sorry. We're very sorry. We apologize for ourselves. Yeah. Uh, any people with name James Bakley? <laughs> I should just stop. Any. Sorry. <laughs> Right, yeah. so uh, I, I, feel feel though, episode I feel as though we've gassed for about 200 years. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can edit at least 30 minutes of this out. Oh, I, I just hit stop right in the first three seconds. Like, oh. Yeah, I just played the intro music and stopped recording. Oh, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> <laughs> that actually is great. That itself is a great show. Yeah, yeah, we just, it's a do-over, mm. this whole thing. Yeah. Or... It's 30 minutes of silence and just our cat sleeping in the background. <laughs> you just hear like the occasional <laughs> and then the ghost truck. ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, cool. So that was episode 8 of Legendary. Mm -hmm. um, oh, wait. We need to tell people to please subscribe, comment, like, and share. Yes, please do all of those things. That's a thing that professional podcasters do, apparently. <laughs> I don't know. It really makes a big difference if you subscribe. Please also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We really want to know what you think. We want to get your tips. Be brutally honest. It's fine. Do not be honest. No. If you hate us, just don't say anything, Shouldn't okay? We, no, no. This okay. is a space for good vibes. Okay. okay. But I mean, they can, like, Only comment if you like us. Okay. <laughs> they could good vibe hate us? Constructive criticism. Constructive. Constructive criticism is welcome. Yes. But also just tell us we're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you don't know what we look like. 
<laughs> Unless you're following us on Instagram. Yes, follow us on Instagram at legendarypod, uh, on Twitter at legendarypod1. One. One. Yes. <laughs> Email us on staylegendarypod at gmail.com. Okay. And other than that, stay safe, stay sexy, and stay legendary. Bye.